This episode is brought to you by Novello Mattresses, where comfort meets innovation, giving you the perfect night's sleep you've been dreaming of. Are you tired of tossing and turning all night, struggling to find a comfortable position? Look no further than Novilla Mattresses, the ultimate sleep solution designed with your comfort in mind. Experience the luxury of a good night's sleep with Novilla's advanced mattress technology. Their mattresses are crafted using the finest materials, providing the perfect balance of support and softness. Whether you prefer a plush feel or a firmer surface, Novilla has a mattress that caters to your unique sleep preference. But what sets Novilla apart from the rest? It's their commitment to innovation and quality. Each mattress is thoughtfully engineered to provide optimal spinal alignment, reducing pressure points, and ensuring you wake up feeling refreshed and rejuvenated every morning. Say goodbye to restless nights and hello to blissful sleep with Novilla's cutting-edge cooling technology. Their mattresses are designed to regulate temperature, keeping you cool and comfortable throughout the night. No more waking up in a sweat, just pure, uninterrupted sleep. Worried about allergens and dust mites? Don't be. Novilla mattresses are hypoallergenic and resistant to common allergens, ensuring a healthier sleep environment for you and your loved ones. And here's the best part. Novilla is committed to affordability. They believe that everyone deserves a great night's sleep without breaking the bank. That's why their mattresses are competitively priced, giving you the best value for your money. But don't just take our word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already made the switch to Novilla. Even when your mom comes to my place, just know she's getting a great night's sleep, among other things. <laughs> Experience the difference for yourself and discover what it truly means to sleep like you've never slept before. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% off any purchase you make through Novilla directly. Ready to transform your sleep experience? Visit their website today and choose the Novilla mattress that suits your needs. Your journey to a better night's sleep starts now with Novilla mattresses. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you want it the most, there's no easy way out. When you're ready to go and your heart's left in doubt, don't give up on your faith. Love comes to those who believe it, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Hello, and what is going on? My fellow Schwoke Lords, what is up? Welcome to yet another best episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. What's up? What's going on, everyone? Uh, uh, it is, we just passed Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which means some, some people got off work and some people didn't. And it's safe to say, if your boss didn't give you MLK Day off, they are racist, so make sure that you file a lawsuit against any employer who is not giving you uh, Martin Luther King Day off. And uh, I actually do think that's that actually is something I think people should do. Be like, you know, I oh I worked uh, some fucking job uh, once, and uh, I went to like <laughs> it was a smaller company, and I went to like the owners of the company. And I was just like, why is Martin Luther King Day off? Are you trying to say something? <laughs> you just go to the fucking pot. And they can't fire you for shit like that. If you were just like, hey, is there a reason? You know, to fire someone, you have to have a really good reason, you know. And you can't just, you, and, uh, you can't fire them. If you're a boss, you cannot fire an employee for asking why they didn't get Martin Luther King Day off. Are you trying to say something? You can't fire. I know you can't, assuming you say it okay. <laughs> You say it normally and not like weird, then I you, you'll 
you'll probably be fine, you know. Uh, but yeah, bosses can't really fire you for being like, oh, is there a racial reason why we don't do this? Uh, unless you work like some religious job. I know. I watch, uh, was I check out a Ryan, is it Attorney Ryan? He's like a California lawyer. He's like a, he does a lot of like workplace, you know, cases and stuff like that. Like, you know, and stuff like that. What was he saying? Uh, well, I don't even remember what the fucking point I was trying to make. Uh, we're talking about, okay, racist boss, I don't know. I should have thought this through. I really should have. I really should have thought this through. I did get a play. <clears throat> That's cool. We're making a cool pot. This is like first 10 minutes too. Uh, we I played at like a, an art gallery opening, which was, which was really cool. Actually, all the art was good. Like usually, usually I am subjective. On, I do enjoy art. Like I love paintings and shit like that. But... Sometimes I feel like, and I think this is every industry, you know, I know there's music people like this, but I kind of feel like some people like claim to be painters and they just kind of suck dick at painting. Actually, sorry, I can't say suck dick anymore because that's a positive thing. They, uh, sucking ass a good thing? Sucking, sucking poo. They were sucking poo. You know, there's some artists who suck poo and they're just like, it's art is subjective. Shut the fuck up about art being subjective. Like, or to subjective. No, you just fucking suck. I think that's your problem. Uh, but at this art gallery, it was really cool. There was like a... Someone painted a unicorn. And it, it, it gave me... It wasn't Lisa Frank vibes. But it gave me Lisa Frank vibes. Uh, which I, I love. I'm looking for a Lisa Frank girl, you know. Uh, I'm looking for... <laughs> I am looking for a woman who is part of like a Lisa Frank aesthetic. And uh, also does not have a gag reflex. So if you know anyone who's uh, who has has a Lisa Frank vibe and also does not have a gag reflex, just let them know uh, I am around. So please, please let everyone know that. Uh, but no, we've been I've been dealing with like so much goddamn fucking snow. It's like I'm just like over it. So basically, I think where I'm living, we got around. If I'm right. 15 inches of snow, which, uh, you know, usually your mom has to handle a lot less than that. Uh, ah, got <laughs> great fucking <laughs> I've been thinking about that joke all day. She'd be like, yeah, your mom's only, I've been, I've actually been sending that to friends who live there. I'm like, yeah, we've been getting 15 inches, a lot more than your mom's used to, <laughs> you know, greatest fucking great joke, you know? Especially, like, I don't know who came up with the, uh, some, some city official, you know, or some city Facebook page. I don't know if this is real or fake or not, but basically what I saw was, uh, hey, <laughs> was basically, so how snow plows were, if you live in a snowy area, basically what happens is, uh, the most busy streets are gonna get plowed first. And then the least busy streets, like, you know, your neighborhood that's just houses, you know, they're probably going to get last or whatever. Unless they, unless you have some weird thing where, like, you, they pay someone to deal with it. You know, you know, and it makes sense, though, because, like, hey, we should probably get the roads people use a lot versus the roads no one uses. Uh, but this page was just like, 
uh, was like telling them like, you know, like we get busier roads first and then we plow, you know, the less used roads. Unless it, unless it's your mom, she gets plowed all the time, you know? And I was like, damn. <laughs> that was cool. But no, I've been, I've been, you know, inside. I've, I've, I think basically the snow days we've had, uh, Monday, everything was fine. Tuesday and Wednesday were snow days. Thursday was okay, and I was glad because I that was the night of the gig, and that means I get paid. And so, and that was fun. Oh, that art gig. So that was fun. Uh, and then Friday was also snow day, and it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day Monday, and uh, things are you know things are getting it like and it's just like in negative degrees right now. So it's just like. Kind of sucks right now, but, uh, yeah, I'm trapped inside dealing with my mom and, uh, I had to like tell her, I had to tell my mom that she cannot clean the house again because she did a deep clean of the house and long story short, uh, when she does that, she's very mean. And, uh, and I told her that unless the only thing you can really clean up is like, so say like you made something like a meal in a kitchen, you have to clean it up, you know, like I had to make that rule or I told her or else you have to do, I'm going to make you do a puzzle because you apparently need something to do. And uh, she's like, I hate puzzles and uh, I haven't seen her be cleaning much since. So uh, let's go full throttle because I am feeling that. But so like I said last week, Monday, no, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all those days I had to, I've been shoveling snow and in negative degree weather. And you think like shoveling snow isn't that bad. And it's true. It's not actually that bad. But uh, when you have to do it like a couple days in a row, you know, like you have to wake up and you're like, what's all my, t-? you know, because I like to wake up and then make my what do I need to do today kind of list. And uh, I don't like it when shoveling snows on it every day. Um, it, it gets pretty fucking annoying. Uh but uh, the snow, I think I'm just, I think the snow is just here to stay at this point, you know? Uh, I know the summer's going to be hot as balls. I'm just going to be complaining about that shit. But uh, I don't know. I actually don't mind. I actually am okay because I'm an indoor person anyways. I'm just like recording studios or inside. And so I'm just like, I'd rather just be inside playing music or whatever, you know? The only time I go outside is to play music or to go into another building. So I'm like, I don't hang out out the outdoors some people i had a i had a student he was he's a he works at walmart and i think he he's in high school so i think he uh he like you know he have to brings the carts back he's a cart pusher or whatever you know and i'm like don't talk shit about that i have been like wanting to make jokes about like hey for those of you who want to work indoors uh you need to pay attention for those of you we're fixed for those of you who want to work outdoors uh don't pay attention, you know, I want to make that joke, but also, like, people who worked out, like, those are value, valued jobs, and I think that are, val- you know, they're valuable and are definitely needed, and so it's like, I mean, I have a degree in music from an actual college, so, I mean, like, I don't know, but I do like that joke that just, like, oh, if you wanted to be funny in high school or, like, not do shit and be a fucking little shit in high school, I'm like, guess what, you're just, like, you just get used to working outside, and, you know, Part of that, it's weird because, like, I don't want to, like, say, like, working outside is, like, a negative thing because, like, those are very valuable jobs and, like, we definitely need that shit in the world. But at the same time, like, people who didn't apply themselves in school 
are working outside. You know, isn't that the, like the weird balance of life? You know, it's like, hey, you work outside, but you also probably make more money than me. So, like, who is the real loser here? Still, probably anyone who decides to go into music, <laughs> because that that is definitely a red flag right there. But uh, overall, I am sick of shoveling snow. Um, I think uh, being around my mom, trapped in a house with my mom, we've, we've made it work. I'm very happy we've made it work, because... I thought I was about to go crazy, and so after after we had to go back to school on Thursday, and you know I played, had to work and shit like that. I think coming back, I think we like we're just like okay, we just gotta wait it out, you know. Like we still have electricity. Oh my god, dude, the electricity went out. I think the first night of like oh we're getting a lot of snow, you know. And uh, that shit, that dude, that like. I got so, I got so stressed. I just went to sleep. You know, I'm just like, please. And then I woke up and the power was back on. I'm like, thank fucking god, because like there is one thing like being without power, you know. But there is another thing with like I expected a big snowstorm. I'm just like, fuck. It, it could be like you know if the power goes out. I'm like, this could be a couple days, you know. But uh, now they got it back on. I don't think anyone. I think they do did a better. They do a better job. I mean. When I was in Nashville, I didn't have power once for, like, 24 hours because I lived in, like, a shitty neighborhood. And they're like, these motherfuckers can go last, you know, or whatever. But uh, anyways, though, if you're into music and are into me, then definitely check out my music. It's under Sweezy, wherever you get your music at. Don't be stingy. Uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. About that. And uh, social media is at the Sweezy. And so you definitely go check that out as well. Um, we do have Patreon. We do have a Patreon page, uh, which is basically a donation page at this point. But we also have Cash App and PayPal, which is also, which are also good ways for uh, you to help out the show in any way you want to. Um, but make sure you're doing all the free shit you can do. If you're listening, make sure you check out our YouTube page, like the episodes, share the episodes, subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed. We're trying to build infiltrate algorithms. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Even if you just never check out the show on YouTube and continue with like a majority of this audience on the, like the audio only platform, which I understand. Uh, so definitely check that out. But if you are an audio listener give us a review, leave us a rating, uh, five, four, three, two or one stars, you know that shit and stuff like that so uh just make sure you help the show out please help the show out any way you can that'd be the uh so i like to call cool stuff slick stuff neat stuff of all the things you could possibly be doing so let's jump into previous week right let's jump into previous week right now which uh, is just last week's news right now. Uh, with all the snow, I, I can't imagine there was much. And uh, that is also true. So uh, let's just... Uh, let's just jump into it. So we get to do our segment again. We get to play the same sound drop. And uh, our segment we like to call... Cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. Where we just kind of go over what the fuck Garth Brooks has been uh, kind of doing in the world. So this is from Snopes. Snopes is usually just like a fact checker. They just like make sure someone says something. They just verify if it was like actually truthful, um, which, you know, is pretty cool that we have to have it. But uh, nevertheless, he persisted. Uh, is Garth Brooks quitting country music? 
On January 6, 2024, huh, the anniversary or something, uh, the Dunning-Kruger Times, an offshoot of America's last line of defense, published an article posting positioning, uh, positing, that's what it says, that Garth Brooks, famed country singer, made a statement saying that he would be quitting his career in 2023. Brooks faced widespread backlash from conservative fans for serving Bud Light beer at his bar in Nashville, when the beer brand was boycotted for working with transgender TikToker Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, the claim that Brooks was quitting was posted to the outlet's Facebook page and quickly garnered more than 9,400 reactions and 6,600 comments at the time of this writing. Uh, good, your music's okay, but the woke crap ain't cutting it, one of the top commenters read. The article began, Garth Brooks is quitting country music, I don't fit in anymore. Garth Brooks has one of the most successful careers in country music imaginable until he threw it away, all away, with one remark about fans being a-holes, a-holes. Uh, while defending the woke beer Bud Light, Brooks lost it all. Now the former great says he's quitting the country, country scene completely, I don't fit in anymore. Said Brooks, country just isn't what it used to be. This never happened, and Brooks has no such statement. The Dunning-Kruger Times describes its output as being humorous or satirical in nature as follows. Everything on this website is fiction. It is not a lie, and it is not fake news because it is not real. If you believe that it is real, you should have your head examined. Any similarities between this site's pure fantasy and actual people, places, and events are purely coincidental, and all images should be considered altered and satirical. See above if you're still having a with the same thing. Uh, Brooks is still active in the country music scene. In fact, in November 2023, he added 18 shows to his popular Las Vegas residency due to popular demand. We've previously debunked other rumors related to Brooks, such as the Lee Greenwood suggested he retire and Carrie Underwood canceled a show with him. All right. So, yeah, it actually, no. Thank you, Snopes, for uh, helping the R-words of the world and uh, insert whatever R-word you want to do. Could be ridiculous, could be Republican, I don't know. Could be the other one. Uh, there's one that probably is not going to fit, but that's up to some of y'all. Um, no, yeah, uh, it is interesting about the Bud Light shit, like how people still care. Like, but, like, Kid Rock's over it, you know? Didn't we talk about it on this show that, like, Kid Rock is over? You're like, I'm drinking Bud Light again. I don't give a shit. I'm like, and also, why do you... I mean, obviously, Bud Light was kind of... I mean, they were kind of dumb. I'm not saying Dylan didn't deserve to, like, do a thing with Bud Light, but it, it kind of seems to me, though, that most fans of Bud Light are, are not... You know, if you're going to advertise Bud Light to Bud Light fans or people, I don't know, like who you're trying to advertise to, I don't know if a transgender woman is going to be your, because like light beer is like, and Bud Light is like a staple in like country and, you know, like country bumpkins, you know, and shit like that. Like a good old Bud, Budweiser, you know, Bud Light, you know, my man, uh, you know, and shit like that. It, it's. You know, like, yeah, it was interesting doing that. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe you should try to target your actual audience, you know? Like, I'm just going to be I'm just gonna be honest. I don't know a lot of trans women who drink a lot of Bud Light, you know? If that's who you're trying to advertise to, uh, I guess, you know, I don't think it's going to be a good idea. I think, hopefully, I feel like we're we're downhill on the... Uh, we're over the... Or, or, I guess, say, over the hill on the whole pandering type thing. Now that South Park has had to say something about it, I think... Hopefully, 
Hopefully, yeah, I would say, like, at least in regards to, like, Hollywood or movies and music and shit like that, I think we can go back to him, like, hey, this person's black and they're making good music. Okay, the fact that they make good music is why I like them, not because they're black, you know? And I, I genuinely do think that, though, and I, you know, I'm genuinely on the side of, I'm like, hey, just, just like someone for who they are, don't try to, like... Be like, they're a black artist, so therefore you should try and like them. Like, just let them make good music, and then I'll decide if I like them or not, you know? Like, I'm not going to, you know, as for me, I don't decide on music based on race or gender and shit like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it is it's interesting, though. Uh, the Garth, uh, Garth would even consider quitting country. Like, he's not going to quit. And even then, like, Garth is st- selling out fucking stadiums. Like, I don't think Garth is worried about shit like that, you know? Bar... Garth is at like what what few country artists can get to at a level where you can just be like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do what I want, you know. And his and his idea was like, yeah, we're gonna start Bud Light at this bar. Why? Because it's probably the the biggest beer brand in America right now. And in my bar in the middle of America, yeah, we're probably gonna start that shit, you know. Like, you know, it makes sense because we'll make money from that. Like, it probably costs like a cent for like one beer if you buy it like. Or, like, very, it's very cheap, you know, if you buy it off tap, you know, like, you can sell it for, like, five, ten, uh, ten dollars probably downtown. And, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, yeah, that's how you make a profit because Bud Light is a popular beer. Garth needs to sell popular beer at his bar. You know, it's, it's that simple, bro. Like, just get over it. Um... This is from the Christian Post. Uh, we are letting uh, the motherfucker named Mike Bickle back again. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? Uh, from the Christian Post, uh, David Slicker joins list of leaders leaving IHOP Kansas City amid Mike Bickle investigation. International House of Prayer Kansas City has announced the resignation of IHOP University President David Slicker as the ministry continues losing leaders week after weeks after permanently cutting ties with founder Mike Bickle, who remains under investigation for serious allegations including sexual immorality. After seven years of faithful service, our dear brother in Christ, David Slicker, has decided to step down as president of IHOPU. The ministry announced in a statement Friday, David is also stepping down from the IHOP Kansas City's executive leadership team. Effective immediately, this was a mutual decision made in the best interest of the IHOP Kansas City community and David's family's family, the ministry added. The executive committee of IHOP KC's board of directors, the executive leadership team, and IHOP U's leadership team all unanimously agreed to have Matt Candler appointed as the new president of IHOP U effective immediately. Matt and his leadership team will be communicating all the necessary information with the faculty and students in the coming days. Thank you for your continued prayer in this season, the ministry statement added. Slicker's departure comes approximately two weeks after IHOP KC's spokesperson, Eric Voles, announced that the ministry permanently parted ways with Bickle, who founded the 24-7 Prayer Ministry in 1999. Since taking over management of the crisis, the executive committee has received new information to now confirm a level of inappropriate behavior on the part of Mike Bickle that requires IHOPKCs to IHOPKC to immediately, formally, permanently separate from him, Vol said in his announcement. Executive Director Stuart Greaves also resigned from the minute from the ministry, including his role on the board of directors, Vols noted, but did not offer a reason for Greaves' decision. Greaves was replaced by General by Jen 
Kurt Fuller, I'm assuming General Kurt Fuller, who took over the management of this crisis on December 10th. Brad Tabet, another leader who was most recently served as admissions manager of IHOP University, resigned in December after former staff members of IHOP KC raised concerns about pout about past sexual misconduct allegations against him. Foles noted that an independent investigation into Pickle's behavior is currently underway under new IHOP KC's leadership and released a letter from Rosalie McNatt. McNamara, an attorney hired by the ministry, stating that she is free from any influence by any individual or organization, including IHOP Kansas City. On December 12th, more than a month after IHOP Kansas City's leadership announced that at least one allegation of abuse, including sexual immorality made against Bickle, has some credibility, the embattled minister confessed to civil misconduct he committed over 20 years ago. With a very heavy heart, I want to express how deeply grieved I am that my past sins have led to so much pain, confusion, and division in the body of Christ in this hour. I sadly admit that 20 plus years ago, I sinned by engaging in inappropriate behavior. My moral failures were real, Bickle said in a statement. I am not admitting to the more intense sexual activities that some are suggesting. Um, a woman identified as Jane Doe by the Roy's report alleged that for approximately three years from 1996 to 1999, Bickle paid for her apartment, gave her a key to his office, and engaged in every sexual act with her except copulation. She claimed that the I have Casey founder wooed her with scripture when she was 19 and he was 42, then made her a kept woman for several years as he established his now popular ministry. IHOP KC founding member Dwayne Roberts, former IHOP KC executive leadership team member Brian Kim, and former forerunner church pastor Wes Martin said in an October joint statement that they are the ones who first confronted IHOP KC leaders about the allegations against Bickle spanning several decades. They alleged that before meeting with IHOP KC's leadership team, they attempted to discuss the allegations directly with Bickle in, a, in the spirit of Matthew 18, 15 through 17, but were rebuffed. They claimed that Bickle was attempted to intimidate, isolate, manipulate, and discredit his alleged victim. When these allegations were brought to our attention, we were shocked. We could never have imagined that inappropriate conduct with women as something we would ever need to be concerned about, Roberts, Kim, and Martin said, and the same of the allegations seemed out of character to the man we thought we knew, but they were so serious we could not ignore them. IHOPKC released a report on initial findings in November saying that IHOPKC's executive leadership team treated the allegations against Bickle as credible and asked him to step away from public ministry on October 24th when they were first confronted with allegations. The report also stated that IHOPKC was able to identify five of the eight victims the complaint group alleges were Bickle's victims. Three of the alleged victims called the allegations lies, while one of the alleged victims refused to communicate with IHOPKC's attorneys. Only Jane Doe was found credible and Bickle said in his statement that he believed he had repented of that sin long ago. Okay. Um, holy shit. A lot, of, a lot to go over here. First of all, it is, I mean, from what it looks like, it is nice to see that uh, it did cause a split in their leadership team. This like, cause from what I've been hearing so far about this and what I've researched and everything in regards to this, a good chunk of the leadership team was like, we're gonna, we're fucking ride or die for this. Do we, do I want to, do I, do I want to use the ride or die? Do I want to use this? First of all, ride or die, bitch. Uh, I don't think ride or die counts for sexual misconduct, fellas. I think it's 
But also, I don't think we're like, I gotta send this guy. And I think it's just like, dude, that dude's fucking, that, I don't know, that dude did some shit or whatever. Um, stuff like that. Uh, so also, I do have to say something here. I hop KC University or I hop U, you know, I gotta tell you, it's, I've done my research into them and I'm gonna tell you. They're not accredited. And I'm going to tell you right now, prob- a lot of Christian colleges are not accredited. And if you want to know why, it's because they're teaching made-up shit, you know? Like, a, ma- a, a college that teaches made-up shit is not going to be accredited, you know? Like, there's a local college I know a bunch of people who went to. It's not an accredited college. There's not a lot of Christian accredited colleges. It's kind of like old-school colleges that are like, yeah, at one point... I think, I don't know, there was, like, a Christian stance on this or whatever. But, like, it's like saying, like, Yale is a Christian university or, like, Vanderbilt is a Christian I'm Like, it's, I, I mean, you're kind of right, but, like, not really anymore. Like, you, no one says, like, have Christian university Vanderbilt or whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, if, you're, if your college isn't accredited, it, that means they're teaching you not real things. I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, for the most part. But I think... Hopefully, you know, I don't, I mean, this only gives me so many details, but I think I'm going to say David Slicker uh, was probably one of the few people who were like, yeah, Mike Bickle's kind of a piece of shit. And he was like, I guess I have to step down now. Or like, you know, because the people who are stepping down are the people who have integrity, people who have morals, you know, because, you know, I get, I get asked by fucking like, you know, Christians all the time. It's like, uh, how do you determine right from wrong? I'm like, my morals and ethics, that's how I determine. I don't determine, I don't like have to be told. You know, I'm I'm 30 years old. I don't have to be told what what is right and what is wrong, you know? And it's like I get mad when I have to when I'm like and that's why I don't have tons of arguments with Republicans that aren't just me harassing them, because at the end of the day, it's like I'm not gonna uh, I'm not going to waste my time and energy trying to convince you why you should be a good person. You know, uh, that's exactly what I think here. Uh, but yeah, no, it is good to see like some people who were on the leadership team at IHOP have some integrity because, because like, I don't know, like not every, like, I don't know. You put 12 men in, uh, I'll put people like women too. Women can have integrity, folks. I don't know why I'm saying men. Uh, you put twelve people into a room. Uh, tell them everything you know about Mike Bickle. Uh, tell them all the allegations, and then I, I assume a good chunk of them are going to be like, I, I I can't I can't do this anymore. You know, uh, like this dude. This dude is I don't know. He at the end of the day, Mike Bickle is just making up shit. You know. Like he he made up half half of everything. He made up shit, and then tried to build an empire off shit he made up. You know, that's who Mike Bickle is—just a guy who made up a bunch of shit, and then decided uh, to use that made-up shit to make money and to assault women and to do all this horrible shit that he's done. That's who Mike Bickle is. And so if you if you're like, give this guy a break. I'm like, this dude's fucking lying to people for 
one, to convince women to sleep with him and also to make money and shit like that. It's like most, you see these Christian celebrities or, you know, like these, you know, celebrity pastors and shit. Like they're doing it to make money. They're, they don't give a shit. They don't, most, you'd be surprised how many, you know, like in the 2000s there's so many like bands that identified as Christians. I don't I wouldn't say Christian bands. Some, some, most of them were like Christian bands, but most of them were just like identified as Christian people, you know, or whatever. And, you know, now that we have that, that whole life is behind everyone, you know, it's like, they, all of them tell me, they're just like, yeah, I drank the most when I was in a Christian band. I'm like, that makes sense, because like, I would hate my life, too, and shit like that. So, um, what are we going to say uh, for the for anyone still leaving me mean comments? I identify as a fucking threat. All right, last article we got here is from USA Today. We're just going with a silly one. Uh, DeSantis presented with participation trophy in Iowa. We're proud of you for trying. While Iowa voters braved a blizzard to support their candidates for the caucuses, at least one turned out to troll a candidate. A video from an awkward encounter at a campaign event in Atlanta, Atlantic, Iowa, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, is being widely shared on social media. In the video, a man emerges from the crowd stepping up to DeSantis, who is poised in front of the room. Real quick before we get started, thank you everyone, he says, as he takes the crowd's attention. CNN has reported that the man is part of the comedy duo The Good Liars. The Good Liars does not immediately respond to the USA's request for a call on Saturday. Governor DeSantis, I wanted to present you with this participation trophy, he said, as the crowd broke out into seemingly nervous laughter. Now, probably not going... Now, probably not going to win this election, right? But we're proud of you for trying, the attendee said as DeSantis pats his arm. DeSantis, standing next to his wife, Casey, tried to dismiss him without grabbing the trophy from him as the comedian turns back to the crab. He's special, he's unique, and he's our little snowflake, the man says. The video was captured by Samantha Joe Roth, a reporter with the Washington Examiner, posted on X and shared widely by his opponents, liberals and conservatives alike. The man was escorted out with a security guard on each arm, still carrying the award in hand. Here you go. Did you want the award? He calls over his soldiers. He leaves the room. Perfect. Perfect fucking shit. The only problem is, don't you kind of wish literally anyone else but, like, Trump stood a chance right now? <laughs> like, why, why is, how is, you know, usually the idea of, like, hey, you know, presidential election shit like that, I'm like, usually, like, if you're, like, the nominee or whatever, I'm like, hey, you lost. It probably means a majority of people in this country do not want you as president. So when you say that, though, it's like, oh, these these fucking assholes are running again because it's Biden and Trump. If it's going to be Biden and Trump again, I think we're all going to be upset. You know, I don't know how, like, it's so weird to think about elections because, like, every single, you can talk to every single person you know, and then they'll just be like, I'm not voting for that asshole. And then the election night comes, and, like, everyone voted for that asshole. You know? Never get that shit, but uh, I love, you know, like, what Ron Santos do, you know? Like, I think the shoe lifts, I, I will not make jokes on that because I am not a tall guy myself. So, I'm like, I'm staying out of that one because, I'm like, you can't talk shit unless you're willing to pay the consequence, and I'm not willing to pay that consequence. I'm just letting you know. I'm not that tall of a guy. I just make myself look like a normal, like, I feel like I have to, like, wear clothes that make me look like a tall per like a normal-sized person or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, did this, I mean, but DeSantis has done some pretty fucking bad shit in his life, so he deserves it, you know? 
Oh, brother, this guy stinks! FNX Fitness, the ultimate destination for fitness enthusiasts looking to reach their peak performance and achieve their health goals. Are you tired of the same old fitness routines that leave you feeling uninspired and unmotivated? Look no further than FNX Fitness, where they bring a fresh and innovative approach to your fitness journey. At FNX Fitness, they believe that true fitness goes beyond just physical strength. It's about nourishing your body and mind and soul to unlock your full potential. That's why they offer a wide range of high-quality supplements and products products designed to support your active lifestyle. Fuel your workouts and enhance your recovery with the scientifically formulated supplements. From pre-workout energizers to post-workout recovery blends, FNX Fitness has you covered every step of the way. Their products are carefully crafted using premium ingredients, ensuring you get the nutrients you need to perform at your best. But don't take, but FNX Fitness is more than just supplements. It's a community of like-minded individuals who share your passion for fitness and well-being. Join their supportive community and gain access to expert advice, workout tips, and motivational content that will keep you inspired and on track towards your goals. They understand that fitness is a personal journey, which is why they offer a wide range of products to cater to your individual needs. Whether you're a seasoned athlete looking to take your performance to the next level or a beginner taking your first steps towards a healthier life, lifestyle, FNX Fitness has the tools and resources to support you every step of the way. But don't just take my word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already experienced the FNX Fitness difference. Transform your fitness routine and unlock your potent full potential with FNX Fitness. And using our code in the description, you can save 15% off your order from their website. Ready to take your fitness to the next level? Uh, visit their website on your Nealist or your, your Nealist retailer today and discover the power of FNX Fitness. Elevate your performance, fuel your passion, and become the best version of yourself with FNX Fitness. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, and save money with just a few taps on your phone. Are you tired of dealing with the hassle of carrying cash or waiting in long lines at the bank? With Cash App, you can say goodbye to those inconveniences and hello to a seamless financial experience. Sending money to friends and family has never been easier. Whether you're splitting the bill at dinner, paying your share of rent, or simply sending a birthday gift, Cash App lets you transfer money instantly directly from your bank account. No need to worry about writing checks or handling physical cash anymore. Uh, but Cash App doesn't stop there. It's complete financial ecosystem right at your fingertips. Use the app to easily pay for your morning coffee, groceries, or even your monthly subscriptions. With just a simple scan or tap, you can make purchases at millions of locations, both online and offline. And here's the best part. Cash App helps you save money too. With its innovative Boost feature, you can unlock exclusive discounts and cashback rewards at popular retailers, restaurants, and even your favorite services. It's like having your own personal saving assistant always looking out for the best deals. Worried about security? Cash App has you covered. With top-notch encryption and advanced security features, your financial information is always protected. Plus, if you have ever had any questions or concerns, Cash App's dedicated customer support team is available 24-7 to assist you. So why wait? Join millions of satisfied users and experience the convenience, speed, and savings that Cash App brings to your financial life. Download the app today, form your app store, and start sending spending and saving money like never before. Luckily, the best part is if you sign up using the link in the description, you get a free $5 just for signing up. That's literally just free money. Uh, so join Cash App today. The future of money is here. And when you use our links, you directly support this show. Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Uh, I want to talk about Echo. Echo dropped on Disney Plus and Hulu. 
on Tuesday of last week. And I watched all of it because <clears throat> I had snow days. Um, but that, you know, Marvel, you know, Marvel's really trying hard when they're releasing every episode of a series in one day on a Tuesday. Uh, but also, though, no, I finished Echo. And I got to say, I really do like it. Like, I like this show. I like Echo as a character, Alakwa Cox. Fantastic at portrayal of uh, Maya Lopez. Because I, I definitely think she was. And then, like, her, I guess her little cousin? I think it was a little cousin or niece or something related to her. That's Little Maya. So, Little Maya from the Hawkeye series and then Little Maya from this show. Uh, are actually related to Lockwa Cox. So that was really cool because we're like, that is way too good a cast. We were all like, that is way too good a casting. And uh, we were right. It was too good because they are related. And that's okay. But no, I want to talk about Echo. And um, I think about it like Echo as a little girl clone in the Bad Batch would say, my name, hello, no, my name is Echo. I can't speak lady Australian. I can only speak man Australian. Hello, mate. <sighs> um, but anyways, though, good story, but I don't think it's anything you haven't seen before. So let's talk about it. Let's go into it. Episode one, Chaffa. So every episode is named after one of Maya's ancestors. She is, uh, ch- ch- it's a, it's a CH. I'm trying to, let me find my notes. Let me see. Where, oh, what race, it's chot, it's chaff. This is something you need to do. Before you press the record button on a, button on a podcast, uh, Maya's tribe, but they, uh, uh, native, her native tribe, you know, like I, oh, Choctaw, that's the, that's the word. I'm like, I'm like, Choctaw, there we go. No, it's really interesting. They they, they definitely, uh, in the show, they, like, I guess they consulted with the Choctaw people and uh, just, you know, made sure, you know, like, let's make sure, uh, you know, like, normal people are like, let's make sure we don't make something super offensive, you know, because, like, I don't think anyone on this show was like, you know, most people, you know, we, we think about cancel culture and shit like that, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think anyone working on the Echo series was like, let's make something, let's intentionally offend the Choctaw Nation. There, most everyone on the set was probably just like, uh, I hope we do stuff that does not offend this culture because you know, it's one thing to hire like Choctaw like actors and shit like that, but at the same time, it's like if you're working on a movie set, you can't just be like, I need everyone to be white or else I can't do this. You know, I'm like, you're, you're going to get a couple races, you know? And, uh, you know, some people are like, other oh, races piss me off. At the end of the day though, I'm like, you're making something. It's just like, I don't think you're worried. So, so basically the story of my Lopez is basically she survives a car accident and that was basically her dad was a criminal and basically, uh, some, other criminals who were just like, let's kill this guy. Uh, basically, they cut the brakes on the wrong car, and then uh, his mom dies, and so they they just did something even worse, shit like that. And it also gave us reasons as to why Alakwa Cox, the actress, has a prosthetic foot 
because I guess you know she does in real life. I don't know the story behind it, so don't don't be like I don't know. But it was like explaining why you know she isn't as an adult has it. You know, just like you know the character in the comics didn't have a fake leg, but the actress does. Like she's the closest thing we can get. And you're like, I guess we'll ride into the story. You know, it's not a big deal. It's like okay, you know, it's just like. Why does she have a prosthetic foot? I'm like, here's why. Uh, a gla- glass from a car window impaled her foot that way, and it was pretty gruesome. They they made sure to let this be TVMA, and honestly, I don't know, like, I don't know how many people I know, like, really care to see all the bloody gore and shit like that, but, like, I do want, I do like the TVMA ratings for, like, a creativity standpoint, you know, because, like, I think... You know, like, oh, there's, you know, because when you have to be creative, you do have to set boundaries for yourself, but setting the TVMA boundaries, you know, could be an interesting storytelling, but I've never been, there's not too much. And like, if you're just being bloody to be bloody and shit like that, I'm like, I don't care. I'll watch it, but I don't, I don't think it's worth, like, you know, I don't think it's worth doing and like worth the TVMA or R rating, you know, just for, you know, oh, that makes sense, you know, like, don't make something rated R or TVMA because you want to show a ton of violence and blood and shit like that. Do it for a good storytelling and shit like that, you know? That's my opinion. Uh, but, uh, after that, they moved to New York, and then Maya is basically a somewhat other daughter, uh, daughter to Kingpin Wilson Fisk, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is back. Thank God to that. Uh, they did say that, like, the Netflix Marvel shows are canon, and I'm about 50-50 on the board confirming that the Marvel Netflix shows are canon. I give it into the sense that the first two seasons of Daredevil are... Daredevil, let me say it right, are canon, but canon as in, like, those events happened, but they are different from what actually happened in the MCU. That's how I give it. Um, until we see Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and God forbid Iron Fist. Please do not bring back Iron Fist. That care. I mean, I'm not blaming the actor, but the way that it was written was god-awful. So, uh, you know, they say that's canon. I just put the first two seasons of Daredevil, and I'm just giving it that. So confirm, and I know, I know there's other Disney Plus and shit like that, but that's my rule. Uh, so if you don't know what happened at the end of Hawkeye, uh, basically Ronan, a.k.a. Clint Barton, confronts Maya and says, like, your boss, a.k.a. Kingpin, hired me to kill those guys in my lowest point of existing. <laughs> and so... It's his fault. And at the end of the Hawkeye series, Maya basically just fucking shoots Kingpin, like, straight on. And, uh, yeah, he lives because we all expected he'd live because we expect him to be another shit, you know? Uh, so basically, yeah, it sums up the Hawkeye series, at least, you know, in a way. People think it's over-edited. I'm not, you know, I think it's okay because they decided to put it under the Marvel spotlight, which, if you don't know... The Marvel Spotlight, why you saw that, I guess, over it, is the reasoning behind it is, hey guys, you don't need to know anything else. 
you can watch the show without understanding the rest of Marvel. That's the point we're at, which in my mind, I think, hey, Marvel, just make movies that do matter because, like, we don't know when we're going to see Moon Knight again. We don't know when we're going to see Shang-Chi again, which I'm assuming is soon because What If really did talk about it in the show. I guess we didn't talk about What If on the show. I don't think we have to. Um, You know, stuff like that. So they've delved into some projects that don't really matter to the MCU on Phase 4, you know, because technically Phase 4, there's more technical, technically, like, there's more hours of content in Phase 4 than there are in the first three Marvel phases combined, you know? And so it's just like, we don't know when we're going to see Moon Knight again. That doesn't really connect to anything. Werewolf by Night? Clearly doesn't connect to anything. Like, this show also feels like it does not connect to the rest of the MCU. And so just hope, I'm, I'm really hoping it does, which sounds like it is because it's going to be in Daredevil Born Again. And we all know that if they're going to do a, Wilson Fisk, Kingpin story. They're going to bring Spider-Man into it. Uh, Sony would be dumb to not do a Spider-Man, Kingpin story without Vincent D'Onofrio and Tom Holland. Like, you know, they're dumb. Uh, Let's get back to the show, though. Uh, You know, Daredevil, you know, it's basically Maya's origin story is episode one. And, uh, yeah, they showed Daredevil in this episode, and uh, they really advertised this show as, like, hey, Daredevil's a part of this. But if you watched the trailers of this show with Daredevil in it, I'm like, that's pretty much all it is. It's just like, Fisk is just like, hey, Maya, you did a pretty good job keeping up with him for, you know, my man can't, but you did, you did a good job, you know? That was all Daredevil was in fucking Charlie Cox. So fucking good. I'm so ready for him. I'm re- He, okay, so he was on Spider-Man No Way Home. He was in She-Hulk and he was in this show. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just ready for this shit. So if you didn't watch Hawkeye, you probably wouldn't get a lot of this, but, um, basically the, I think the big point of episode one is basically understanding that, Hey, Wilson Fisk, who was like a father, another father figure to Maya killed her actual father. And Maya's not really cool about that. So that's, that's basically what happens. And basically she flees to Tomaha, Oklahoma, which Fisk also has like a, like business in or whatever, you know, that's how Maya's dad and Fisk got together or whatever, you know? Uh, and it just shows like Fisk is recovering in a hospital. Like we all knew like he didn't die because I think most people, know, people who like the MCU know that usually if someone does not die, you don't see their death on screen, then it's not real. And we all kind of knew that Fisk was coming back. So it's not like that big of a deal. I don't know why Marvel was doing that. On to episode two, Loak, which is another one of Maya's ancestors. The Basically, it starts off with like a flashback. You know, they're playing this game Stickball. I think that's what it says in my notes. It's just called Stickball. And uh, inst- I guess if you know Choctaw or whatever culture, apparently, uh, or... Sorry. Because apparently... Uh, I guess is that instead of just like, going to war and killing each other, they would play sports games, you know? And I guess maybe that's a, you know, that's history in itself, you know? That, like, we used to play sports instead of going to war with each other, and, you know, maybe we should do that, you know? Like, if our soccer team's better than yours, you guys need to calm the fuck down. Um, You're sent back to that memory, and, and, you know, the I don't think that the... Basically, what the series is trying to say is that Maya's powers are from her ancestors, yada, yada, yada. Like, that's basically it. 
the show is missing. Like, the show was supposed to be six episodes, but it was five, and so I think a lot of that stuff was cut out. But I guess the idea is that Maya's powers and her ability to fight and shit like that comes from her ancestors, and she echoes... Huh? We said the title. She echoes their powers, which in the comics, she's basically just like Taskmaster, where she just can just copy someone's fighting abilities and shit like that, which is cooler, but I don't know. Like, you know, it's the MCU. They got to do things a little different, you know? Like, we can't, you know, the MCU can't just be telling the same ass fucking, like, you don't want to just reread, you know? The way comic book movies work is that you don't want basically just a retelling of a comic story. You really generally want, like, a new telling of it in a new way, but you also want to see, like, Captain America lifting up Mjolnir, you know? Like, you want that, too. And so it's definitely Marvel's way of making their own original universe in this Marvel multiverse, you know? That's how it is. Uh, Yeah, episode two, pretty fucking badass. She goes back to her hometown, uh, and uh, her cousin... Cousin, I think is the right word, Biscuit, you know, which I thought, like, I heard a good rumor that, like, people who watched episode by episode made theories that Biscuit was her cousin that she considered a sister, you know, and shit like that, and she transitioned into Biscuit, you know, that was a good, fun theory, uh, a little too pandering, I think, I don't know, I don't know, like, I think it's cool to have trans characters and stuff, but, like, you gotta make it, I feel like you gotta make it work naturally, you know, I think that's the best way. Like, I feel like why everyone loved Black Panther so much is because it worked naturally. It wasn't Pandra. Black Panther, the movie, the first one with Chadwick Boseman before he sadly passed away and now in Wakanda Forever was like an okay movie. And you're we like, you gotta like it because they preferred to do with this, you know, and shit like that. Uh, but yeah, no, she robs a train, which is the cool fucking scene, which very much the series is like starting off super fucking awesome and then just like getting more and more lame as the show goes on. You're like, oh, it looks like you guys ran out of money. And that's basically what happened with the show. I think this is probably going to be the first thing we watch, you know, as a society that we're like, this was super affected by the writer's strike, you know. And that's what happens. Uh, they rob a train, you know, deal with shit or whatever. It destroys Fisk's armory as I'm reading my notes. Uh, and then, yeah, it breaks Maya's prosthetic leg. Like, imagine if she had both of her legs and didn't care about that one and it just got fucking crushed or whatever. I'm like, that would have been awful. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, Henry warns her about the consequences and Maya remains defiant because I feel like Maya's okay, you know? We we didn't actually get to see Maya versus Kingpin, you know? That's something in the show. But Maya's fucking punk rock, is, which is rad. I got this denim jacket, and uh, where's my... little Gengar pin. Uh, for those of you watching can see it. TJ and Sarah got it for me. Thank you for going to Japan and giving me cool-ass Pokemon shit. As you see the Gengar and the Gengar cup that I don't know if it is or isn't machine washable yet, because... I can't read Japanese and the translation <laughs> on like the iPhone thing. Uh, you know, so Henry, you know, I think Henry worked at like the skating rink, which is funny. It was like, make America skate again. 
And, like, uh, I guess people talking about the show are like, oh, yeah, skating rinks used to be a bigger thing. Like, when I was a kid, skating rinks were the shit. Like, the last day of school, we'd go on a field trip to the skating rink. And me, as an adult now, realize how stressful it was for the teachers, you know? But whatever. Uh, you know, and, like, we'd go bowling in the morning. We'd go to CeCe's Pizza, which I don't know if it's – I don't think it's nationwide. I did find one in Nashville, but – uh, CeCe's like a pizza buffet and then it also has an arcade too which is fucking rad when you're a kid and then we went to the skating rink which also had an arcade too but like that was the last day of school and it was fucking rad as fuck I, I do want to give those teachers credit for like making the last day of school fucking awesome uh, yeah it was a skating rink or whatever and shit like that let's go on to episode 3 too close uh Oh, yeah, it was, like, an old silent film western is kind of, like, how you watch this show. Um, and basically, I think it... And I think these stories, like, of her ancestors were supposed to be more important, but didn't end up. But basically, it starts off with, like, her ancestor who... Where, basically, there was gender norms where it's, like, men kill people, but women don't. And, you know, men... Women are life givers, men are life takers, you know? And that was the story, you know, in the show. And it's like, this chick can keep up shooting people like the men can. You know, that was the story. Uh, I'm, I don't know my notes. Because uh, after this, like, the show's kind of boring. After <laughs> the show, like, that, it, this show is basically the top of a hill going downhill. Like, that's what the show is. Like, the episode's, like... Don't get better. They, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say they're worse, but it's a decline in quality, as I would like to describe it. Uh, uh, so there's apparently a betrayal plan. Uh, Maya has a vision in the woods before being ambushed. She wakes up being up, hanging upside down in a bowling alley. That's Uncle with Uncle Henry. And it looks, yeah, it was because Uncle Hunter was getting ambushed. And then uh, actual Kingpin's men got involved. And it was like this, what felt like a German guy, like a Nazi German guy. Like, we all, you know, like the Germans are like, fuck that shit. We did not like it. It is crazy thinking about like Nazi Germany and how like the Germans, their PR to like being like, we're not like that anymore. And uh, we teach our kids that we, sh we, we were wrong. Like, it was, it was. They're very much like, you know, that's how Germans are. You know, like, you meet a German person, they're like, oh, that's not a Nazi. And you're like, yeah, because they put in the work to be like, we're not Nazis. Like, when, the, when America was like, fuck you guys, uh, you're not, you no longer exist. And, and Germany was like, okay, uh, we're going to be cool again. And then they were cool again. Uh, oh, yeah. And then just fucking like these three random ass people. They had a fat chick with them. I didn't notice that. And as a fat person myself, I'm allowed to say that. And uh, eventually Kingpin's actual men's like kill all three of them and then get the call like from in the, the, the ringtone is in a New York minute. <laughs> That was that fucking Kingpin's ringtone for them. Like, you're in Oklahoma, you're doing your shady shit, and then all of a sudden your phone rings and you're like, usually I keep it on vibrate, but for Kingpin, he gets the he gets New York Minute, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, you, they have to be alive or some shit like that. Uh, crazy, you know, crazy fucking shit. Uh, episode four, Taloa. I'm saying that right. So, sorry, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I just don't know how to read. 
that's when like Maya and Wilson Fisk like actually meet, and there's like a weird. It's kind of a weird jump scare because he's just standing there in the alley, and like Vincent D'Onofrio as a person is not scary. Like he's like he's he seems like a nice guy who has who is an actor and who has to. Uh, make his body look like Wilson Fist. You know, like he looks like a nice guy. Like I feel like I could talk to him and just be. But he's he seems like a very nice guy. Unfortunately, though, as Wilson Fisk, uh, he is scary as fuck. And so that was like, oh my god, <laughs> you seen that guy? And then they like hold Maya down. And you're like, oh my god, Kingpin is gonna remove her eye, and he just puts in like a contact lens so like he he can talk to her and not worry about translations or some shit like that. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, pretty fucking weird. Um, and then, like, Fisk is like, Maya, I want to give you my empire from Vanessa or whatever fucking shit. And he's, she's like, no, or whatever. And her ancestral visions or whatever. Uh, you know, that's that episode. And then it ends, and then Maya's like, I'm gonna conjure the powers of all my dead ancestors and fight you and shit like that. And Kingpin kidnaps her cousin and tries to get her on our side. And then Maya uses her magic powers to be like, Hey, Kingpin fix your trauma. And then his trauma was killing his dad because he was abusive. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> and then I'm just like, Oh, I guess you can't, you know? And then the, and then the show ends in, uh, Maya's, chill but like kingpin's like i'm gonna run for mayor you know, after seeing the tv on his private jet and i guess that's gonna be the the plot to or part of the plot to daredevil born again which i am so fucking excited for i think this should just be like this is a reboot of daredevil but a lot of it is true to the source you know the show or whatever and that's the show i don't think i explained that very well but that was the show uh vincent d'onofrio's kingpin the great, just probably up there with the best Marvel villains, you know, like who would we put Doc Ock, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, he's up there. Best Marvel villains. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is definitely up there. Like best Marvel villains, Thanos, Josh Brolin, definitely best Marvel villains. Uh, Magneto, Ian McKellen. I think he counts too. You know, it's not just them. I feel like every part of Marvel, you know, has a good villain, and uh, Kingpin is. I'm excited to see where they go with Kingpin, because there's so many fucking stories to tell. And, you know, they told a lot of stories in the Daredevil Marvel series, but like I say, I'm only considering kind of the first two seasons as canon right now until they prove me wrong. You know, unless they define it in the MCU, it's the part of it's not canon. That's really under my thing, and, you know, I talked about the Marvel Spotlight, where it's, like, I think Marvel needs to move in a direction where it's, like, there's like these are the main Marvel storylines, these are side stories, yada, 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 you know. I think that's good, too. Um, and uh, overall, yeah, I think, should, a, should Marvel have released this all in one day? I would say those first two episodes could have been, like, a good week to week because we would have been talking about that daredevil shit for an entire week. Uh, but after episode two, it's like three, four, five, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's that, you know, it's Marvel realizing like, Hey, we cooked and what we cooked was not good. You know, that's how I 
consider phase four in this current of current part of phase five. It's just like Marvel, you know, you got to let people cook. And sometimes people don't cook good shit, you know? That's life, you know? And I think I want people to be artistic and I don't want this to discourage people at like Marvel from writing good storylines. But, you know, like Quantum Mania, I liked it up until the ending. I didn't like the idea of like Kang died or whatever, you know? Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, I thought it was just a little too silly, but like I think there was a good story in there. Uh, WandaVision was great. I liked Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Every, both seasons of Loki are great. Um, Moon Knight was cool. It's just, like, it doesn't connect to the rest of the MCU. Uh, She-Hulk was good because I've read She-Hulk comments and know they're supposed to be a comedy and supposed to be funny. And even if you don't laugh at the jokes, like, they did the comics justice on She-Hulk. Uh, Miss Marvel was a great show. Uh, the last episode, they didn't have a good villain, but... You know, good show, you know, and stuff like that. And so I do think this is a good Marvel project. I'm excited to see Kingpin in the future. Uh, this wasn't Marvel's best show, but I think it's good because I think Maya Lopez should continue being a character in the Marvel Universe and be more of a side character like to Daredevil or any of those other street-level heroes because I think Maya Lopez is definitely a solid hero. And uh, what do I want to say? Um... Somehow Palpatine returned. That's not what I wanted to say. Drizzly, the ultimate convenience for all your alcohol needs, delivered right to your doorstep. Tired of making last-minute trips to the liquor store or dealing with crowded aisles and long checkout lines? With Drizzly, your favorite drinks are just a few taps away, making your alcohol shopping experience easier and more enjoyable than ever before. Drizzly brings the liquor store to you, offering an extensive selection of beer, wine, spirits, and more. Browse their vast catalog of top-quality brands, local favorites, and specialty beverages, all conveniently organized on their user-friendly app or website. With Drizzly, there's no need to leave the comfort of your home. Simply choose your favorite drinks, place your order, and let their reliable delivery partners handle the rest. Whether you're hosting a party, relaxing after a long day, or simply stocking up for the weekend, Drizzly ensures that you drink your drinks are delivered promptly and securely but drizzly isn't just about convenience it's about choice discover new flavors explore unique craft brews or find the perfect bottle of wine to complement your meal with drizzly's vast selection you have the freedom to choose exactly what you want when you want it worried about the hassle of age verification drizzly has you covered their delivery partners are trained to ensure responsible alcohol delivery making sure that only those of legal drinking age receive their orders your safety and the safety of your community is their top priority Join the millions of satisfied customers who have already embraced the convenience and simplicity of Drizzly. Say goodbye to the hassle of traditional alcohol shopping and hello to the ease of having your favorite drinks delivered to your doorstep. That's not all. Using our link in the description gives you $5 off your first order, which can greatly enhance your night, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Ready to elevate your drinking experience? Download the Drizzly app or visit our website today and experience the future of alcohol shopping. Cheers to a new way of enjoying your favorite drinks with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Honey, your ultimate online shopping companion that saves you time and money effortlessly. 
Are you tired of endlessly searching for coupon codes or missing out on the best deals when shopping online? Say goodbye to those frustrations and hello to Honey, the free browser extension that revolutionizes your online shopping experience. Honey is your personal shopping assistant that automatically finds and applies the best coupon codes at checkout, helping you save money with just a few clicks. No more wasted time scouring the internet for discounts. Honey does the work for you, ensuring you never miss out on a great deal again. But Honey doesn't stop at coupon codes. It goes the extra mile to ensure you get the best price possible. With Honey's innovative price history feature, you can track the price changes of your favorite products over time. This means you'll always know if you're getting the best deal or if it's better to wait for a price drop. And the best part, Honey works seamlessly with over 30,000 online retailers, including popular brands across fashion, tech, home goods, and more. Whether you're shopping for a new wardrobe, upgrading your electronics, or sprucing up your living space, Honey has your back, ensuring you get the best value for your money. Worried about privacy and security? Rest assured, Honey is committed to protecting your personal information. They never sell or share your data, and their browser extension is designed with top-notch security measures to keep your online shopping experience safe and secure. Join the millions of satisfied users like me who have already saved millions of dollars with Honey. Download the Honey browser extension today and unlock a world of savings every time you shop online. Don't miss out on an incredible deal and the chance to save money effortlessly. Experience the power of Honey and take your online shopping to a whole new level. Honey, the sweetest way to shop online. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! It is time for Oh No Our Table, the part of the podcast where I just answer questions. I'm just answering questions, folks. That's all I'm doing today. So... Let's just jump into it. My boyfriend is watching gay porn and using unsafe bathroom objects what in my first serious relationship i've discovered that my partner has been using unsuitable items for anal stimulation raising concerns about hygiene and safety additionally i found out about his extensive use of gay porn despite him denying it in the past conversations he claims it's related to a porn addiction and Expresses a desire to stop. I am conflicted about his honesty and intentions. While he promises therapy, proposes therapy, he I'm unsure about the path forward. Seeking second opinions on how to address this situation and whether therapy is a viable option. All right, so I'm just gonna just you know I'm I'm, I'm gonna explain the situation. What's happening here, folks? So, her boyfriend, a woman is asking me, um, who is in her first real relationship, she's asking, she's asking me this question, okay? Woman who's never been in a relationship before, this is her first relationship, okay? We gotta keep that in mind. Uh, her boyfriend is using items that are not meant to be put in the anus, while masturbating to gay porn, okay? The there's I think we can all we all know the answer to this question, right? Do I have to explain it to people? I am going to have to explain it to people. This dude's gay, okay? This dude is a real gay. He's super gay, he's real gay. If if I'm just saying ladies, if you're having a problem in your life, and the situation is that your boyfriend keeps 
shoving things up his butt and looks at gay porn. Like that dude, that's a gay dude. That is a gay man. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Are you stupid or something? Like you, you, I don't understand how someone can write this question. I don't understand how you could write the questions like, my boyfriend is shoving things up his asshole and is looking at gay porn. How do I fix this situation? Like, how do you fix the situation? Bitch, your man is gay. Like, this is a gay man. If you're looking at gay porn, if like, you know... And shoving things up your asshole, like you're gay. Like that's a gay that is what gay men have built their entire lives around. They built their entire lives around looking at gay men have sex and shoving things up their assholes. Like that's what it is. Like, are you stupid or something? I know it's your first relationship. But how do you, are you just that delusional that your boyfriend is gay and is legit dating you to prove that he's not gay when he's shoving plunger? I have to imagine it's the plunger stem, you know, the little wooden plunger handle. Like, I have to imagine he's shoving that shit up his ass. We're saying it's in the bathroom. Like, the fact that you're not telling it to me says a lot about what's going on. Uh... He expressed, he's like, I have a porn addiction. I've, I'm addicted to gay porn. He's just gay. Like, this dude's just gay. If this dude, if you just be like, hey, I hired a guy to fuck you, like, that guy would have been like, I am all on board on that shit because this dude is gay. You are straight. You're in a straight relationship with a gay man. You need to accept the facts that you decided to date a gay person. And you need to fucking... Move on and figure your life out from there. Like, dude, seriously. Like, you should you should know what you're doing. God, that was only question one. God damn. What aspects in porn are not reflective of real life sex? I think every woman can continually tell you everything they think about this. Uh, but here's a guy's perspective on this situation. Uh, women, I don't know for the most part, I feel like porn skips foreplay. And as the foreplay king, uh, I would be the one to know everything about this. And yeah, porn definitely skips the foreplay bar. And you know, it, it is weird to think about, you know, because you watch porn and you're just like, Ugh, I want to go to the mall, but I don't have a ride to get to the mall. Stepbrother, you have a car. If I suck your dick, well, I go, can you take me to the mall? You know, like, that's what porn is. And like, in no real life situation, like, I feel like no woman has ever been so desperate I guess there. I guess the answer is yeah. They, there actually has been some women who have been that desperate, but like you know, women don't usually be like, "I'll suck your dick if you let me do this." You know, that's like a last resort kind of thing. You know, and I just feel like you know, women. You know, men can be like, if you watch any porn, which is just like, porn is fantasy. Porn is you know, women have like their little 
books or whatever for their porn, men have videos, you know? That's how it is, you know? And you have to realize those books are not real and that re uh, porn is not real. And especially if you meet porn stars, they're just like, oh, no, I just let them fuck me and then I got paid, you know? And it was on camera, I guess, you know, that's how it is, you know? That's how life works, you know? It's like, I got fucked and I got paid for it, you know? And you realize that, like, the women in these are not actually in love with the man in the story or you. They're just making money, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that women need a little bit more warming up and that uh, you should also realize that those porn storylines are probably not going to come true ever for any reason whatsoever. And uh, that's it. <laughs> huh. Should I stop doing the things a boyfriend would do for my best friend now she's starting to date again? Can anybody tell me what can I do with these ladybugs? Rock button. But uh, I have a strong, I have strong feelings for my best friend, and she's aware of it. Despite her interest in dating others, we share a close bond, doing various activities together. I often provide boyfriend-like support, such as complimenting her, caring for her, and when she's sick, and bringing her coffee. Now that she's gone on a date, I wonder if I should pull back on these actions. We live together. <laughs> known each other for eight years and my feelings for her persist people often mistake us for a couple but she has mentioned not wanting to date me due to our long history despite this she makes comments about my appearance should i change my level of support now that she's exploring other relationships oh my brother my brother what, the, what was the button i meant to press this one that's rough buddy uh oh my god dude i don't even know how to help you here because on one hand it's like hey fellas there's only so much things you need to like there's only there's a limit to how nice we need to treat women in regards to you know like stuff like that like there is a point where it's like hey if we're not gonna like fuck or whatever you know it's like i'm i'm gonna move on you know like fellas need to figure that out but ladies need to realize like Hey, this guy needs to be like willing, you know, he has to prove himself, you know. That's that's what women are expecting as a man to prove himself or whatever. So in this situation, it's like, yeah, you should kind of you should stop being her boyfriend. Like that is definitely it. If she's not gonna do uh there is something to say where you do boyfriend, there is, like, it is something the 2010s really screwed this up, but there is th certain actions you should do for a woman, and I think that in respect back, it needs to be, you know, wiener touches, you know, as I, the easiest way to say it is wiener touches, but, because I think that's how, you know, the whole man and woman thing, like, you know, as, as, as we're moving so far away from being animals into intelligent life forms, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to treat this girl well, but at the same time, like I need to get my dick sucked, you know, at the same time. And then women think like, oh, I love having male friends cause they're so easy to be with, but I don't want to like touch the arenas or anything. 
So it's like a give and take, like, hey, I'm going to do boyfriend shit, but you need to touch my wiener. And if, like, you're not going to do girlfriend shit back to that, I'm not going to do boyfriend shit, you know? And I think, I don't know, it is from a woman's mindset, you know, like, I think a woman, a lot of women out there would be like, I would prefer to not have sex with men. And so they want, like, a non-sexual relationship with men and stuff like that. And they don't realize that, yeah, men are men need to bust nuts, you know, and stuff like that. It's a, it's very complicated and stuff like that, you know. And so what what was the last thoughts I would say? Uh, do good friend shit to her. Like, be a good friend to her, but don't do boyfriend shit for her, you know. It's like, hey, we're friends and shit like that. We're roommates and stuff like that. I want to be there for you. But at the same time, you know, I have feelings for you. And so if you're going to ignore that, then I'm going to ignore doing boyfriend shit for you, you know, because there's like, it is an idea like, hey, fellas, you know, I talk to the guys. It's like, hey, you need to, if you're girlfriend or whatever wants to go to like a pumpkin patch or pick apples or whatever fucking bullshit they want to do you need to do it but at the same time the ladies need to be like oh he's not done so much for me today i need to make him bust a nut you know it's all like a balancing act it's all about balance and a you know good life and you know whatever fucking shit who's been texting me uh just some dum-dums okay my boyfriend asked permission for everything, which killed the mood for me. Boyfriend of four months tends to be overly cautious, contrasting my, with my more spontaneous nature. Last night marked our first intimate encounter, and though enjoyable, his constant request for permission dampened the mood. I appreciate his care, but wish for more spontaneity. How can I address this for a more intuitive connection next time okay so this is what culture is like we're now in 2024 like this is what culture is like so let's let's just look at this situation you're a woman and your wish you wish for your boyfriend tried some shit he didn't ask your permission he just tried it but at the same time men today are told we're told about, you know, we're talking about cancel culture. We talk about Me Too. We talk about how, like, how men need to be treating women, you know, and especially, you know, we're in work, you know, in the workforce right now, how men should be, you know, it's not that complicated. You treat them like an, you know, employee, coworker, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and stuff like that. For men to be respectful to women, something that we need to do is, you know, ask for permission and shit like that know before you try stuff during intimate encounters as you would say but at the same time if a man tried something that you really 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 don't like uh you know he's gonna be canceled and run through the mud and news articles written about him etc etc men are a lot more conscious today at least for at least us millennials are the millennial men for the most part are uh so you have to you for from a man's perspective, I think you have to understand. Do you want him to be the guy who asks permission and is kind of a buzzkill because he respects you? Or do you want a guy that could potentially sexually assault you, ladies? 
So you can't you can't have both. You have to have one or the other. That's how it is. So it sounds like you have a guy who really does respect you and is just kind of doesn't want to, you know, he respects you and doesn't want to like assault you and anything. So you have to understand for men to not assault women, we're not going to be as sexy. So you have to understand like, okay, we'll take that risk. And if a man comes on to me and I'm not into him, like, Hey, I guess I have to deal with it. Or we can live in this more woke world where it's like, Hey, uh, men are going to be asking permission to be more thoughtful and caring towards our needs and shit like that. You can't have both. That's, that's, you know, I say that as someone who would prefer both existed, but the world doesn't work that way. You can't have both. And so that's how it is. Uh, I approached a woman. I approached a woman first and got humiliated. Uh, after an interview feeling confident, I tried striking up conversations with girls in clothing stores on my way home. In one store, I asked a girl about job opportunities, initiating conversations despite some small talk. When I asked her for her number, she burst out into laughter, and it became embarrassing And customers walked by. I eventually jokingly assumed she's taken, and she's confirmed with a laugh, feeling a bit pathetic. I left, realizing the worst she could say is no. Like, yeah. Yeah, the worst she can say is not no. The worst she can say is it is ruining who you are as a person. That is honestly though. But what I have to say though for uh, for the for the male for the male in this perspective, you know, if if you're dating, you have to shoot your shot, and to shoot your shot means you run the risk of playing yourself. And do we have that? That's rough, buddy. And congratulations. You played yourself. So you have to do that. And, you know, I'm I'm part of the male society that's like, hey, if a guy puts himself out there, asks a woman out, and she says no, I'm not going to be one to laugh at him unless he does something cringy. Then I will laugh at you. Don't be cringy. But if you put yourself out there and she gets rejected, it's like what realistically needs to happen is just like, you know, you just got to move on and pretend life is, you know, it's a numbers game. So, you know, eventually someone else say yes to you, you know, you just got to keep trying. That's how it works. It, it, you know, it is interesting. You know, I talk to high school girls all the time and I, you know, I try to tell them like, if a man tells you, I'm like, you're mature for your age, that guy's a loser. You know, that's my genuine rule on that. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I was talking to like teenage girl and I was like, that guy's creepy. That guy's creepy. And I'm like, I have to tell him like, you know, guys have to put themselves out there. And, you know, when they put themselves out there, if, you know, sometimes it comes across as creepy, sometimes it is really creepy and you shouldn't, don't be creepy fellas. But like, sometimes it's just like, Hey, do you want to go to the, you know, you want to go out to dinner with me or to coffee sometime? And, and the chick's like, ew, no. And then the chick's like, ew, he's gross. So, ladies, remember, like, men need to shoot their shot. And at the same time, you know, you don't need to, like, ruin their entire lives because they have to shoot their shot. Like, men need to shoot their shot or else no one, no one procreates or whatever. You know, that's how it is. But, uh, I will say, but like, fellas, don't be, so I, I do say like, yeah, you probably embarrass yourself, but at the same time you put yourself out there and you know, you're just like, do you want to go out to the movie? You know, you asked her out and she said no and laughed at you, you know, 
like, you know, is just forget about it and move on, you know, because, you know, she's, if she's, if someone asks her out and like is very, being very nice and genuine and a good person to her and she laughs, like she's probably a bitch and you can move on. So that's what you should think. She's a bitch and move on. <laughs> I said we're breaking up because I couldn't take it anymore. She said, were we dating? Our relationship with her lasted three years. She has a husband and three children, and I'm single. For three years, she told me she loved me and she wanted to be with me, but couldn't because of the kids. Three years, I spent the holidays alone. Three years, I couldn't hug and kiss her in public. Three years, I couldn't even call her when he was home. I fell into a depression. Finally, I decided I had to have enough and told her we were breaking up. She took me in the she looked me in the eye and asked, "Were we dating?" It was like a low blow after all the words, all the words of love she had said to me. How can I handle the situation? Has she never loved me and lied to me before? How much, how old did you say? You're 35 years old. Ooh, man, I didn't realize it would take this long to figure that out. Um, it's a genuinely good idea to not date, you know, married women with kids. I, I You know, I think... This is something new I've kind of figured out, but I think most people would probably will understand this. There are there are a lot of people out there who want to have a family, but they also still want to date and have relationships outside of their family. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, we have a family and we're a family unit, but we're in an open marriage, and so we date other people, but like it's us. And so it's like, yeah, you have a priority of your family, but that does not work in regards to relationships and stuff like that, especially what you're going through. It's like you it, it, it's just not right. Like you have a wife and you have kids and you're just like, I have another girlfriend on the side, you know, and then we're really dating because we have an open marriage, you know, and it's like it just sounds like you got married because you had to. It sounds like, you know like old school marriages were like where you're trading like a wife for like goats and property and shit like that, which it's 2024 now. That's, you know, that's not the world we're living in. So from what it sounds like on your perspective is that she wanted a fuck boy. You were the fuck boy that was around at the right time. And she manipulated you. And so just in the sense like, so, you know, the best advice I give is to like, forget that bitch, move on and realize that she was using her, you for selfish gains. She's probably a little bit narcissistic and, uh, she's a bad person. So, you know, the fact that you date someone for three years and the fact that you're dating a married woman, you know, should have been the idea, but you know, we all need a little push in life. So I will give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you're dating someone for three years and they say, were we dating? Uh, she's a bitch. So, uh, you know, she tries that shit again. I think you're probably allowed to punch her in the face because at the end of the day, you know, she'll come home to her husband with a black eye. She'll be like, why'd you get a black eye? And then she has to make him an excuse. And then she'll probably try to blame you. And then you can tell her the, and you can tell her husband the entire situation and ruin her life. So don't, you know, that's how you need to see the situation in regards to this. 
And finally, our last question, what's the most mind-bending fact you've ever learned that made you question everything you thought you knew? Um, you know, reality has all come down to, like, Christianity just because I grew up in that shit. Uh, I think the big factor that, like, changed my perspective of reality, um, just in the, it, it was just in the idea of trying to understand the Bible because you have to think, um, the Bible itself is multiple different, like, essays from different sources, and then you realize, can we confirm if this is a good source or not? And the answer is no. You cannot confirm. You cannot confirm or deny it, but you cannot confirm this is a good source. Like, we don't have any proof that uh, the Jews were lost in the desert for 40 years. We have no proof of that. Uh, we should have proof of that. We have no proof of that. We have no proof Moses, part of the Red Sea. We don't even really have proof of Moses, of him existing and stuff like that. We barely have proof of King David and stuff like that, David and stuff like that. So it's just understanding that the Bible was written by people like you and me, and it wasn't written, because like when I grew up in Christianity, my mindset was like God possessed these people and like just wrote all this shit down and be like, this is what it is. And then you realize uh, it was people's perspectives and Paul's letters were like, hey, we're building kind of like a community of Christians and shit like that. And here's how we need to respond. And like he was just writing personal letters to probably people and how to run their organization and shit like that. You know, like you realize it was written by just mostly men people like me and you and you just like that. And then men decide, I'm like, you know, this book should be in the Bible, but I don't like, I don't really like this story and I don't want to preach on this. So I don't want this story in the Bible, like the book of Enoch or some shit like that, you know, like that. The Bible was man-made and humans were the ones who decided what's in it, what's not in it. It's not, even if you do want to believe in, you know, Christian God and shit like that, the Bible is not the word of God. It's the word of men who were inspired by what God did in quotations and who wrote it down and released that shit to the public. You know, that's what the Bible is. It's just a bunch of stories from people, some firsthand accounts, some clearly not firsthand accounts and uh, their stories and everything from there. Not saying like there's not good things in that stuff. Like there's a lot of good stories in the Bible and a lot of good shit that you can learn from. The Good Samaritan, you know, just because someone's your enemy doesn't mean that since they're in danger and are hurting that you shouldn't help them. Stuff like that. That is what I think on that. That is my mind bending back. Just remember, the Bible just... You know, if you're if this is new to you, I would say research what the Bible actually is. You know, uh, Dan McClellan, I believe is his TikTok name, Instagram name. He I think he is Christian. He doesn't talk about his personal beliefs a lot, but he is a Bible. He is legit a Bible scholar and knows, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible doesn't, you know, like that. And he is very a good resource on this. And with all that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Social media under the Sweezy, um, music under Sweezy as well, Twitch, PayPal, Patreon, Cash Out, all great ways to support us and say thank you for being a friend. Free shit, check out our YouTube page, 
like our show, leave comments, do all that shit. Uh, if you're on the audio platforms, leave a review, give us a five, four, three, two, or one star rating. Um, and yeah, honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Thank you for tuning in to Cancel Shweezy, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, and joining me on this incredible journey. I hope you've enjoyed the valuable insights and engaging discussion I brought to your ears. To ensure you never miss an episode, hit that subscribe button now. By subscribing, you'll receive automatic updates whenever we release new content, keeping you in the loop with the latest episodes and topics. Subscribing not only guarantees that you'll never miss a beat, but also helps support our show. Your subscription plays a crucial role in helping us continue to bring you high-quality content and maintain our podcast growth. So whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or watching our YouTube channel, take a moment to click that subscribe button. Join our community of passionate listeners and be part of the journey. Personally, I appreciate your support, and together, we can make this podcast even better. So don't wait any longer. Hit that subscribe button now and stay connected with us. Thank you for being part of our podcast family.